Welcome to Expanding Your Faith with Bishop Gregory Godsey and Father Matthew Schnabel. Expanding Your Faith looks at modern faith and spirituality questions, as well as conducts interviews with movers and shakers in different and varied faith traditions. Our broadcast is brought to you by the hardworking staff at the Office of Communications and Media Relations in the Old Catholic Churches International. Stay tuned as we work on expanding your faith. Welcome everyone to Expanding Your Faith. Um, we uh, um, are going to be discussing tonight suicide awareness. Um, kind of a difficult topic, but uh, a much needed topic. Um, so I will give that trigger warning before we uh, delve in that, you know, it is, uh, uh, it is a bit of a heavy topic tonight, but like I always say, it's an important topic to discuss. Uh, we have uh, so many people that commit suicide on a daily basis, especially in the United States, um, and we really need to uh, discuss it. Um, uh, just to start off, I want to give a little few facts and figures um, on suicide, um, so that people kind of understand why this is such, uh, uh, oh Lord, so that people understand why it's such an important, um, topic to discuss. Um, suicide is the tenth leading cause of death in the United States. Uh, men die by suicide 3.6 times more often than women. And women are 1.4% more likely, or 1.4 times more likely to attempt suicide. On average, 132 Americans die by suicide each day. 1.4 million Americans have attempted suicide. 90% of those who have died from suicide had a diagnosable mental health condition at the time of their death. 48,344 uh, Americans have died by suicide this uh, in 2020. Um, it's the second leading cause of death between the ages of 10 and 34 and the fourth leading cause of death between the ages of 35 and 54. Now here is a very sad statistic uh, statistic that people uh, need to be aware of. So if you're taking notes, um, this is one of those to write down. In 2017, which was the earliest uh, data uh, collected in this uh, information, the suicide rate was 1.5 times higher for veterans than non-veterans uh, adults over the age of 18. Let me say that again. In 2017, the suicide rate was 1.5 times higher for veterans than non-veteran adults over the age of 18. Over 950,000 years of potential life were lost to suicide before the age of 65. Firearms accounted for slightly more than half, 50.54% of all suicide deaths. Suicide deaths and attempts cost $69 billion in combined work loss and medical costs in 2015. 10.3% of Americans have thought about suicide and 54% of Americans have been affected by suicide. Suicide is one of those things that is not something you do alone. Uh, hello Chapman. Suicide is one of those things that happens uh, to everyone involved in um, in the person's life. LGBT uh, youth seriously contemplate suicide at almost three times the rate of heterosexual youth. LGBT youth are m almost five times as likely to, to attempt suicide compared to heterosexual youth. Of all suicide attempts made by youth, LGBT uh, youth, suicide attempts were almost five times as likely to require medical treatment than those of heterosexual youth. 
Suicide attempts of LGBT youth and questioning youth are four to six times more likely to result in injury, poisoning, or overdose that requires treatment from a doctor or nurse compared to straight peers. In a national study, 40% of transgender adults reported having a, made a suicide attempt. 92% of these individuals reported having attempted suicide before the age of 25. LGBT youth are who come from highly rejected families are 8.4 times as likely to attempt suicide as LGBT peers who reported no or low levels of family rejection. Let me repeat that. This is something everyone should be aware of. LGBT youth who come from highly rejecting families are 8.4 times as likely to have attempted suicide as LGBT peers who reported no or low levels of family rejection. One out of every six students nationwide, grades 9 through 12, seriously considered suicide in the past year. Each episode of LGBT victimization, such as physical or verbal harassment or abuse, increases the likelihood of self-harming behavior by 2.5 times on average. So in other words, uh, LGBT youth that are victimized, uh, or any individual that's LGBT who is victimized with physical, verbal harassment or abuse, is 2.5 times more likely to try to commit suicide. That is astonishing. This is why we tell people it is so important to be respectful of the LGBTQIA youth. The rate of suicide is highest in middle-aged white men. The age-adjusted suicide rate in 2019 was 13.9 per 100,000 individuals. That means about 14 individuals out of 100,000 have uh, tried or were successful in committing suicide. In 2019, men died by suicide 3.63 times as often as women. That's, that's crazy. When it comes to suicide and suicide attempts, there are rate differences depending on demographic characterizations such as age, gender, ethnicity, and race. Nonetheless, suicide occurs in all demographic groups. So now we're talking about intersectionality here um, a little bit for those that are students of uh, gender, um, gender um, uh, issues and stuff. This is intersectionality here. Um, in the U.S., no complete count of suicide attempt data is available. The CDC gathers data from hospitals on non-fatal injuries from self-harm as well as survey data. Uh, in other words, we're not, hospitals are not required to report the number of suicides. Um, in 2015, which is the most recent uh, hospital data, 575,000 people visited a hospital for injuries due to self-harm. Half a million people, over half a million people, reported to the hospital for issues of self-harm. Based on the 2018 National Survey of Drug Use and Mental Health, it is established that 0.5% of all adults aged 18 or older made at least one suicide attempt. This translates to approximately 1.4 million adults. Adult females report a suicide attempt 1.5 times as often as males. Isn't that interesting? Um, let's see. In schools, 8.9% of youth in grades 9 through 12 report that they have made at least one suicide attempt in the last 12 months. That was in 2019. Female students attempted almost twice as often as male students. 11% versus 6.6% for males. American Indian, Indian or, American, or Alaskan Native students reported the highest rate of attempts at 25.5%, with white students at 7.9%. Approximately 2.5% of all students reported making a suicide attempt that required treatment by a doctor or nurse. For those requiring treatment, rates were highest for multiple race students at 4.1%. Isn't that amazing? Um, it, it's unbelievable 
the amount of uh, young people that try to commit suicide, you know. And talking about females in school, I mean, they deal with the greatest amount of abuse, sexualization, victimization in schools. And, of course, that shows up in the self-harm rates with 11% versus 6.6%. Uh, attempting suicide, 11% of females in schools versus 6.6% of males. Uh, myself, I am a suicide survivor. Um, our small panel tonight of uh, Spider and Bishop Ben. Uh, Spider has attempted suicide on uh, eight different occasions. Uh, Bishop Ben, I don't know that I've ever asked you. Have you ever attempted suicide? Actually, yes, during high school. Bishop Ben attempted as well. Two, two occasions, because I was bullied as a, as a freshman at a sophomore. Wow. In high school. So, yes, I did. I was constantly being bullied. And so, you're going to find that a lot of clergy, uh, um, are also in the, that number two uh, um, as well. <clears throat> um, I was trying to real quick pull up uh, the latest data on that. Real quick, uh, there are 450,000 clergy in the United States. 45% uh, have sought advice from their family doctors regarding stress and anxiety. Nearly one-fourth of all pastors acknowledge having personally struggled with mental health issues. Um, the Pew Report did a survey back, I want to say in 2015, um, and their... Uh, study showed that 75% of all clergy in the United States suffer from some form of mental health issue. 75%, the highest amount of that being depression. Depression. So clergy are one of those uh, categories that tend to get a lot of issues with it. Uh... So, um, in discussing suicide, we, we want to discuss ways to help people. Um, that's the important part. September is Suicide Awareness Month, so we'd be remiss if we didn't uh, take the opportunity to discuss it here during September. It's interesting to me, October is Clergy Appreciation Month. comes right on the heels of Suicide Awareness Month. <laughs> so... Maybe we ought to talk about moving that to before Suicide Awareness Month. But anyway, um, it might help uh, prevent some of those clergy suicides. So some of the warning signs of suicide uh, are suicide notes. Uh, they're very real danger and should always be taken seriously. Threats to commit suicide. Statements like, I want to die, I'm going to kill myself, or the world will be better without me. Nobody will miss me anyway. Sometimes teenagers use indirect threats by joking, commenting in school assignments like particularly creative writing or artwork or online through social media. Younger children who may have some delays in their development may not be able to express their feelings in words but may provide indirect clues in the form of acting out through violent behavior. Believe it or not, cutting um, self-harm in those types of ways can be a precursor to suicidal ideation. Um, so if somebody is uh, involved in self-harm in other ways, that is one way to be aware that they might have suicidal ideations down the line, if not already. Previous attempts. If someone has attempted suicide in the past, they may be more likely to try again. Be very observant of any friends who have tried suicide before, especially those who have recently attempted 
suicide. And I know Bishop Ben and I can tell you story after story of people that have tried to commit suicide and within a week uh, or two they managed to successfully commit suicide or uh, try yet again uh, unsuccessfully. Uh, isn't that right, Bishop Ben? Yes, unfortunately, it is so true that you can minister to somebody and talk them off the ledge, but then a few days later, fulfill what they wanted to do. That's right. And that's a sad and grim reality for us in the church, you know. It is. That we try to minister to people, and the sad case is that we're not always able to help everybody. That's right. Depression. When symptoms of depression, including strong thoughts of helplessness and hopelessness, a child or adolescent is possibly at greater risk for suicide. Watch out for these behaviors. Comments or posts that indicate that your friend is feeling overwhelmed by sadness or pessimistic views of their future are indicators. Mass depression. And that's masked, as in wearing a mask. Sometimes risk-taking behaviors can include aggression, gunplay, alcohol, or substance abuse. While your friend may not act depressed, their behavior can suggest that they do not care about their own safety. That's very important to keep an eye on as well. Final arrangements. This behavior takes many forms. In adolescence, it may be saying goodbye to friends, giving away prized possession, deleting profiles, pictures, or posts online. Um, and I've seen that quite often. Um, I have people who come to me and say, I just want you to always remember, and that's an immediate trigger for me to say, are you okay? Are you planning to hurt yourself? Is there something going on that you want to talk about? Because um, typically those are final type statements that they're making. Uh, they want you to remember they always loved you or they're always... Um, cared greatly for you or that kind of thing. Those are final arrangement type speech. Hurting oneself. Like I said a minute ago, self-injury behaviors are warning signs uh, for people. Common self-destructive behavior include running into traffic, jumping from heights, scratching, cutting, marking the body. You know, excessive amount of tattoos and no, that's not one of them. Uh, <laughs> I did that for spider's benefit. Um, but scratching and cutting, hurting oneself, is a warning sign. Inability to concentrate or think clearly. If a friend is going through tough times, this may be reflected through their behavior, their habits, their performance, household chores, all kinds of stuff. Even in conversation. They start skipping classes, getting poor grades, acting up in class, forgetting or poorly performing chores around the house are talking in a way that suggests they're having trouble concentrating, they may be under some signs of stress and at risk for suicide. The same translates to people in the workforce. If you know you have an employee or a friend or a family member who suddenly no longer takes interest in doing their job well or are constantly late on stuff all of a sudden and things of that nature, uh, having trouble concentrating or thinking clearly, uh, that could be a sign that they are suicidal. Dramatic changes. Uh, you're the best observer of sudden changes in a person's behavior and whether or not they may be suicidal. Changes may include withdrawing from friends and family, uh, skipping school, classes, work, social gatherings, becoming less involved in activities that were once important, avoiding others, inability to sleep or sleeping all the time, sudden weight gain or weight loss, disinterest in appearance or hygiene, Sudden unexplained happiness after a prolonged period of sadness can also be a suicide warning sign as they may be, um, have made their decision and are now content that they've made their decision. And plan, method, and access. A suicidal person may show an increased interest in guns or other weapons. They seem to have an increased access to guns, pills, etc. Or may talk about or hint at a suicide plan. The greater the plan, the greater potential for suicide. We've had people in here who've talked about having plans for suicide. We've worked to get them help uh, because that is always a huge warning sign. 
Know the warning signs. This is how you can help your friends. One of the warning signs. Um, refer to the above information routinely. We'll post this on Discord so that everybody can have it. Do not be afraid to talk to your friends. Listen to their feelings. Make sure they know how important they are to you. But don't believe you can keep them from hurting themselves on your own. Preventing suicide will require a group effort. Make no deals. Never keep a friend's suicidal thoughts or plans secret. You cannot promise that you are not going to tell someone. You have to act. Talk to others. Talk to um, adults. Talk to uh, counselors, therapists, police, whatever is required. Don't wait. Uh, even if you think nobody will listen or, or believe you, it is important that you get the person help, no matter what you do. This is definitely the time to be safe, not sorry. Many schools, works, and other uh, organizations have crisis teams that can help in those situations. Especially in schools, they have teachers, counselors, social workers, school psychologists, and principals that are trained to recognize the warning signs of suicide and to help in crisis situations. Many jobs have crisis teams or crisis numbers you can call to uh, help as well. Uh, let's see. One of the things that uh, you can do in breaking the ice, let's delve a little deeper in that. You might say, I feel a little worried about you because, and mention a few things that you've noticed. How can I offer support? Ask them directly. Confirm they're really thinking about suicide. Are you thinking about ending your life? If they say yes, ask, do you have a plan for how you would do it? If they say yes, ask, do you have the things you already do you already have the things you use? Then ask him what and where those items are. Check whether there's a timeline in mind by asking, have you thought about when you might end your life? Not everyone who thinks about dying has a plan or a means or an intent to carry out their plan. However, someone who says yes to all these questions has a clear timeline for dying and needs immediate support. Encourage them to talk about it. When someone you love mentions suicide, you might be believe avoiding the subject entirely and encouraging them to think about brighter things will help them feel better. It's normal to feel scared or uncertain of the best response, but shying away from the subject will not help. Your friend might not take your avoidance as a sign they... Your friend might take their, your avoidance as a sign they aren't comfortable talking about suicide. They might get the message you don't appreciate the depth of their pain, even when that's not the case. In either case, they may stop confiding in you. The idea that discussing suicide will make someone more likely to act on suicidal thoughts is just another myth. People who have a chance to open up about their thoughts and share their pain with an empathetic listener often find some release, relief in their overwhelming feelings of distress. Offer compassion. It is so very important to offer compassion to people who are suicidal. You don't want to deny their distress or ask things like, how could you possibly feel this way? Why would you want to die? You have so much to live for. Trying to solve problems for them usually won't help either. What might seem like a small fix to you can be an insurmountable one to someone in crisis. To validate their feelings and offer hope at the same time, try things like, that sounds so painful, and I appreciate you sharing that with me. How can I help? I know things seem bleak now, but it can be hard to see possible solutions when you feel so overwhelmed. Or I am concerned about you because I care, and I want to support you however I can. You can talk to me. Continue to offer support, even if uh, it doesn't appear as though uh, they're in immediate danger. They may feel a little better after sharing their distress. This doesn't mean they're completely fine. They may continue to deal with suicidal thoughts until they get help addressing the underlying concerns. Staying in touch with your friend can help them remind them help the, you remind them that they still care, even after the crisis passed. Check in on check in on how they're feeling by saying things like, "Hey, I've been thinking about you. How are you doing?" Remember, I'm always here if you feel like talking. And always encourage professional help. You can also support them by encouraging them to talk to a therapist about lingering or reoccurring suicidal thoughts. Just remember you cannot force them to go to therapy, no matter how deeply you believe it would help. 
It can be pretty upsetting to watch someone struggle alone, but telling them what to do may not work. Encouragement without judgment. Instead of, you need to get some help, try, have you thought about talking to a therapist? Or, I am always here to listen, but, you think, but do you think a therapist could help a little more? These suggestions show your friend you care while gently reminding them of your limits. You probably can't offer real solutions to their distress, but therapists are trained to support and help people who have suicidal thoughts. If your friend seems reluctant, try offering to help them find a therapist or take them to their first appointment. You can always reach out to things like the Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255 or text HOME to 741741. Those again are Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741-741. If needed, call 911 or your local emergency number, and if possible, you may want to take them to the emergency room or encourage them to go. Stay with them until help arrives. If in person, remove any weapons or substances from their surroundings that could cause them harm. There are a few things that you can do in the interim to help somebody who is suicidal. Things like grounding exercises. Intense emotional turmoil can make it tough to see things from a rational point of view. And people overwhelmed by their pain often see situations as worse than they actually are. This distorted perspective can contribute to suicidal thoughts and even make suicide seem like the only real option. While grounding techniques might not work for everyone, they can sometimes help people in the grip of distress regain some clarity and refocus on what's actually happening in the present. These techniques often incorporate the five senses to help people reconnect to their physical environments. Try some simple exercises like getting moving. Physical activity offers good distractions since it requires you to focus on your motions. Try going for a walk with your friend or doing some simple exercises like jumping jacks together. Grab a comfort item or pet. Uh, if it's a pet, gently grab the pet. If your friend has a favorite blanket, sweater, or soothing object, go find it. Together. Many people find cuddling with a pet helps ease some distress. If the pet is a Tyrannosaurus Rex, I would uh, strongly encourage against that. Play the 54321 game. Ask your friend to list five things they see, four things they hear, three things they smell. Two things they can feel and one thing they can taste. Uh, the other is uh, the 54321 game of colors. Five green things, four blue things, three red things, two white things, one yellow thing. Put on some music. While music can't cure distress, listening to favorite songs can often help people relax. Please make sure that they are not depressing songs, though. Uh, steer away from things like Hurt by... Johnny Cash and uh, some of these other depressing songs. Ask about their safety plan. Your friend may have created a safety plan with the help of their counselor. They've thought about suicide before. Plans are simple and brief and usually include things like warning signs of suicidal thoughts, coping techniques to get through crisis periods, a list of reasons to reconsider suicide, contact information for support people, and steps to get to a safe place. If they don't have a safety plan, they may not feel like creating one while they're actively in distress. If they do want to try, your assistance can make the task a little easier. Stay with them. Help your friends stay safe by sticking close or staying on the phone. If they don't feel up like talking, you can try walking, watching a distracting movie or TV show, or even simply sitting together. Reassure them you'll stay until help arrives. And help them connect with friends and family members. Instead of saying, can I call someone for you, try, who can I call for you? Call emergency services right away. If they resist the idea of getting help but express the intent to die, tell you over the phone they have access to weapons or other means of ending their life. Involve others. There may come a time when you feel unable to continue supporting your friend. You can only do so much help on your own. If you begin feeling stressed, overwhelmed, or scared, it may be time... To talk to other people in their life like a parent or romantic partner. Encourage them to connect with trusted friends, family member, health care providers, and others who can offer compassionate support. 
Helpful resources again, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. The Crisis Text Line counselor uh, can be reached by texting HOME to 741-741. For those that are LGBTQIA, the Trevor Lifeline, which is very helpful, sometimes more helpful than the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, is is 1-866-488-7386. Again, that's 1-866-488-7386. Or text START to 678-678. That's START 678-678. And if you're not in the United States, there are resources around the world to help you. The National Suicide Helpline in the United Kingdom is 0800 689-5652. Again, that's 0800-689-5652. In Australia, the suicide hotline is 131114. That's 131114. So if you need help, uh, do reach out for help. It is so important that we do everything we can to help those who are suicidal, um, especially um, youth, LGBTQIA youth who are at a higher rate of suicide than anyone else. Uh, Bishop Ben, do you have anything to add? No, pretty much, you know, just keep an eye on your friends and family. You know, try to pick up on that. Hard, but try to pick up on the warning signs and offer to offer the assistance. You know, offer to be there for them. Sometimes just being there makes a big difference. What they're gonna do and how they're gonna how they're gonna respond. Certainly. Just being just being there sometimes helps out. Certainly. Your thoughts, Spider? I don't know. I guess I just want people to know that they're not alone on how they feel. There are plenty of people out there that feel the same way, and asking for help is the best way to do it. That is very true. Exactly. You know, just like even just because we are clergy doesn't mean we're perfect. We all struggle. Even me and Bishop have struggles. You know, just because I help Bishop intimidate a lot of people my thing is I want to put out there that you know we're all human we all struggle yeah so we're not superhuman and we're always here for people you know I know that uh, people think uh, well you know as bishops as clergy you have a lot on your plates and there's too much for you to worry about that I don't want to bother you it's never a bother for us it is never a bother for us to help you as you struggle. This is what we do. I mean, this is this is who we are. So, if you are struggling, then by all means, come to us. Talk with us. You know, um, and let us help you through it. My door is always open. I don't care if I am in the absolute depths of depression... If I'm hanging on by a thread, I am still there to help you. And sometimes, believe it or not, helping others makes me feel better. It brings me out of that dark hole and helps me normalize. So you're actually helping me as I help you. <laughs> you, know, you know, I never thought about it that way. and That makes, that, that makes a good point. It's important, you know, because this is not just a job to me. Being clergy is not just a job. It's a life. It's my life. And so when I hear people say, well, I don't feel like I can come to you because you have so much going on, that makes me feel like I failed as a clergy person. Because my door should always be open to everyone. And so I, I want you to know that when you're struggling... You can come talk to me. I don't care what I've got going on. I'll put it on the side burner long enough to to help you. 
And uh, sometimes then it makes me feel a lot better about myself. So, you know, don't ever be afraid to come to any of us and talk. Now, Spider, on the other hand, I don't know that I put any more on Spider's shoulders. <laughs> I put enough on Spider's shoulders already. Um, but Spider is a good person to talk to, too, sometimes, because he's been there. He's been through a lot. And... Uh, as somebody who's attempted suicide eight times, um, he's kind of a pro at how to back away from it. So, uh, <laughs> so he he is really good at helping you in times of crisis too. But that's why we're all here. We're all here to help. And there are a ton of people in our um, Discord uh, who are ready, willing, and able to help as well. Uh, night or day uh, as you struggle and we all struggle I'd be lying if I didn't uh, tell you that I struggle I've tried to commit suicide twice in my life and uh, thankfully I was unsuccessful both times or at least I say thankfully uh, some of my trolls and enemies uh, kind of not so thankful for that <laughs> but I'm thankful for that I Sorry. do. Go ahead. That's why I hesitated to say anything about it because, you know, people look at you like, oh, well, you're supposed to be the rock of the church, but here you are with these hidden skeletons in your closet. How are we going to come to you when you're contemplating that? Well, and you know, here's the thing, and that's a good point to make. Clergy are humans too, and we got to get away from looking at mental health issues as skeletons in the closet. They're not. You wouldn't sit there if you had a broken bone. Say you broke your leg, the bone's sticking out of your leg. You wouldn't sit there and go, "Oh well, I just need to be stronger. I need to be tougher. I need to just suck it up, Buttercup." No, you go to the hospital and you get your bone fixed. <laughs> I mean, that's just common sense, right? The same is true of mental health things. Okay? And when you're struggling, you need to remember it's just a mental health thing. It's just a health thing. It's not a mental health thing. It's a health thing. It's no different than a broken bone. It's no different than cancer. It's no different than... It's very much like cancer. It's, it's no different than... You know, an infection, you go to the doctor. Well, you go to the doctor when you have a mental health crisis, too. And Spider says, and sometimes the thoughts never lead you, leave you. You just have to know how to fight back, and that's so true. For some of us, I mean, I've dealt with the thoughts since I was 15 years old. I'm 42 now. Are they ever going to go away? Probably not. I will probably be laying on my deathbed as an old, decrepit person dying of cancer or some bullshit. And I will probably still have those thoughts on my deathbed. Okay? But the reality is I made it. I survived. Something other than my own hand is going to end my life. <laughs> You know, and that's the point, is making it through every day. And sometimes it's a struggle just to go from day to day to day to day to day. That's okay. Um, I love the Demi Lovato song. I may tack it to the end of this uh, broadcast, the 30-second clip. It's okay not to be okay. It really is. You know... We are allowed to struggle as human beings. And the key is not to let the struggle overcome you. Not to let the struggle win. But to win against the struggle. And I know for a lot of people that's hard. For a lot of people they see suicide as the only way out. But it's not. It's not the only way out. And as we started off in the broadcast saying, 
it has a ripple effect. It really does. Think about for a moment all of the people who mourn Chester's death from Lincoln Park when he died. A guy who seemed to have everything on top of the world. And he died to suicide. All the lives that were touched by his music. All the people hurt and sad. There are people still to this day, myself, who think about him routinely. Who miss his creativeness. Suicide has a ripple effect. And yes, Robin Williams. Robin Williams is a great example. Look at all the laughter and creativeness Robin Williams had. I mean, Patch Adams was a work of genius. It really was. You know, a lot of his work, pure comedic gold, struggled in ways we didn't know. And that's very typical, believe it or not. Genie and Aladdin, yeah. Oh, that just made the genie and Aladdin. Robin Williams made the genie. And as hard as Will Smith tried, he could not make it. Couldn't ha make it happen. But that's the thing. And his life cut short. His life cut short. It was. It was a cover-up for how he really felt. Uh, Robin had struggled with uh, depression, addiction, anxiety, and everything for years. His comedy was a cover-up for how he really felt. And then he couldn't cover it up anymore. So, and this is another point I want to make. Uh, I've opened up a lot to people here. And it's caused me a lot of grief. I've had people write the church and say, the bishop is sharing too much personal information. He's talking about suicide and stuff, and that's not very fun, and that's not, you know. Some of the strongest people you know are the ones that are only strong because they have to fight every day to stay above water. That's why they're strong. And I talk about my struggles. I talk about what goes on in my life. Not because I want to bring anyone down. I want them to know they're not alone. Because I know you're going through the same kind of struggles too. You struggle with suicidal thoughts. You struggle with depression. You struggle with anxiety. You struggle with PTSD and everything else. You struggle with family dynamics that don't work the way they should. Or people in your family not loving you the way they should. Or disowning you. Or anything. All this other stuff. Okay? So I say... I'm struggling with it too so that you know you're not alone. You're not the only one going through this. I am too. And I'm here. I got up for another day. But let's not lie either. I spent most of the day in the bed. <laughs> <clears throat> Whether it be depression or just routine tiredness, I don't know. But I spent most of the day in the bed. Because it's okay not to be okay. It really is. And in those moments, it's okay to melt down. It's okay to snap, yell, fuss at others. It's okay not to be okay. Spider and I had a knockdown drag out before this live. And that's okay. And we're still friends and we still love each other. Because we're both having an absolutely shitty day. <laughs> and that's okay. That's what family does. And sometimes we just have to have a release. So when you're feeling bad when you're feeling down, when you're hurting, reach out to somebody. 
because we don't need to see another light go out. We really don't. We've lost so many already thanks to COVID. We don't need any more. Okay? Any thoughts, any closing thoughts, Bishop Ben? <clears throat> yes, and you made some very good points. But also, too, people need to realize not to be afraid to approach us and ask for help. I know that Sometimes the stinking title of bishop it hinders, it hinders us because people are afraid to approach us because they're, they're intimidated by that by that title. We are here to help. That's right. We are here. We're not anybody special. We're just here to help everybody, and we are here to help our, our family. And Bishop said it best, you know. How can we be a family? We're not going to help each other. That's right. You know, we need to help each other and be there for each other and not close the doors. That's right. Very well said, Bishop. Spider? Thank you. I don't know how to put this, but if you need to go to the psych ward, it ain't as scary as you think. I've Amen. been there 16 times and it ain't that scary. It's a nice damn break from the world. <laughs> like a mini vacation it is like a mini vacation and you get some coping skills on the way out the door that is true I'm glad you mentioned that it, it is Just not as bad as people steal make their badges and escape I plead the fifth on trying to do that so don't <laughs> attempt that yes. yes Chapman any questions from the audience go ahead Chapman We'll take some questions here. I'll just kind of fill the space with a little talking while people type. But, um, yeah, I almost forgot to ask for questions. I guess Spider needs to hold up a little card that has a question mark on it so that I can <laughs> remember. We forgot to put the cube. I can't remember everything. I know, I can't either. No. <laughs> What happens when the coping skills that Spider said don't work? Go ahead, Spider. You gotta keep trying new ones. Because I tell you what, I've been through so many coping skills, and 90% of them don't work for me. Unfortunately, I'm still looking for a good coping skill, but tattoos seem to be a very good coping skill for me. Not saying that everybody should go and get tattoos, but hey, it won't hurt the world to be more tattooed. True. Uh, that is one good advice, um, but uh, if you find that you can't find a coping skill that works and you're at the end of your rope, uh, it is never wrong to reach out for help. Um, emergency room, psych facility, whatever needs to be done to save you, um, that's it's okay. Uh, again, it's just a health crisis. It, we stigmatize it by yes. making it different, but it's not. It's just a regular health crisis. Um, just like if you had a broken bone. So reach out for professional help if you feel that uh, you need it. If you're embarrassed to reach out, my suggestion would be initially uh, call one of the crisis hotlines. Um, where there's some anonymity uh, but don't be embarrassed to reach out either because you're going to find go ahead oh, something that helps me when I go to call crisis because I'm too nervous to give them my real information I'm always you know Jim Bob Joe you know and I live in you know Alabama or somewhere else because I cut off my GPS location, everything, and I go away from the house to call them because I'm always, you know, nervous that they're going to come get me or whatever. So you can always just, you don't have to give them their, your information yeah. if you just need to vent and to get stuff off your chest and ask for help. That's right. But if you're really serious about doing something, sometimes you do got to give them your information because you kind of, if you need more help than what they can give you, you got to. You gotta get want that help. to, you know, get that help. Yeah. 
And again, you know, if it's one of those situations where you really need it, I mean, what's more important, saving face or getting the help you need? And, I mean, trust me, I've been there. I mean, I've, I've had to bite my tongue and swallow my pride and, and get the help. Um, I like what Rainey said. It's hard to ask for help, but turn to help if you need it. Don't be embarrassed or ashamed. Everybody needs help sometimes. Everybody has mental health, and sometimes that health fluctuates like our physical health. That's very true. That's very true. And, you know, it. you'll find, this is the interesting thing. Uh, when I was at the hospital, when my daughter was at the hospital recently, um, they found we found that a great number of the nurses and doctors that are there are dealing with the exact same problems we are. They're on anxiety medications, and they've had to reach out for help with anxiety. Um, so, you know, you'll find that even the people in the uh, medical profession are understanding because they have had to have the same help you need. So uh, don't feel embarrassed by it at all, my friend. Um, that's a good question. Any other questions? And while I'm waiting, I just want to give those numbers one more time. Uh, the Trevor Project is 1-866-488-7386. That's the Trevor Project, 1-866-488-7386. The National Suicide Prevention and Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. Or you can text hello to 741741. Um, and we'll have all of this posted in Discord too in case anybody needs it. They're in our uh, helpline section uh, if anybody needs it there. And militaryonesource.com for those that are veterans. Uh, militaryonesource.com uh, is another great resource for veterans uh, who need uh, uh, help as well. Thank you, Katie. Uh, and uh, there are a lot of programs out there for a lot of different people. So just Google uh, your specific intersectionality and suicide helpline and it will give it to you. With no other questions, I want to thank our panel for being here today. And Spider for all of his hard work putting this together for us. And... Uh, the um, next week we have Rabbi Haley on Thursday night. Uh, we're going to do the podcast on Thursday night uh, because of Shabbat. Um, but we'll be discussing Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur with our resident uh, rabbinic scholar uh, Haley Silver. And uh, that'll be wonderful. Um, so hope that you'll join us for that. Until next time, keep shining bright, folks, and come back and join us again where we can once again attempt to expand your faith. God bless.